0: Hello there, listener. This episode of the Second Tier is sponsored by Boot and Ball. They make artwork inspired by the world of sport. They've got 225 designs, 60 of which are for different football teams, including the likes of Reading, Derby, Blackburn, QPR. You get the idea. All their artwork is available via print, frame print, and canvas. And because you're a listener of this superb podcast, you can get 15% off using the code Second Tier. That's one word, all in capitals. Why not have a gander and see if something takes your fancy? Go to bootandballprints.com right now. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the second tier podcast. I'm Ryan Dilks and I'm joined by the Steve Cooper to my Roberto Martinez. It's Justin Peach.
1: How are you, Ryan?
0: I'm not too bad, Justin. I am not too bad at all. How are you, sir?
1: I'm very good. I feel well rested after a bank holiday weekend, although we're going back into recording, back into football. I say well rested, it's with inverted commas.
0: Tell you what, I'm not complaining whatsoever because the football we have seen this Easter Monday slash Tuesday has been exceptional. I mean, some of the games have been, quite frankly, ridiculous and some of the goals as well have been out of this world. We are getting a fantastic feast of championship action <laughs> and uh, it's also the business end of the season so we know that every single result means a hell of a lot in the grand scheme of things but guess what listener you are listening to the biggest championship specific podcast These second tier thank you for joining us wherever you are in the world we're going to run through all the matches from Easter Monday slash Tuesday and talk about some of the news at the end of the episode and Justin we have nowhere else to start but with a royal spanking as Norwich thrashed Huddersfield 7-0. I mean, where do we start? Norwich were having themselves their own goal of the season competition in this very
1: game. I I mentioned before we started recording, like every single goal was so aesthetically pleasing. I think even the penalty was good because that run from Oliver Skip was just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Um, But honestly, it was just one of the... Most dominant, deadly, not giving a shit about your opposition performance in the Championship ever. It was just unreal.
0: Yeah, there was no mercy, was there? Timo Pukki got a hat-trick. He was just effortlessly finding the back of the net past the goalkeeper. Emmy Brendia, ridiculously good. Possibly his best game this season, which is saying a lot because he's had some bloody good games this season. He got a goal and three assists. The pass for the second goal, Justin. Can we just talk about that pass for mm. a sec? The ability to pull that off is just outstanding.
1: It's like, you know when you're tucking into some really good meal and you're just like, oh, this is so good. Mm. You just sat there enjoying it. That's what the whole evening was. And then sometimes you just get a, a bite that's just per, per, uh, perfection. And that's what that's what the pass with Wendy was.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, I, I saw this game and he, he's been fantastic this season, hasn't he? He's been... There's a debate to be had about whether he's been player of the season along with Ivan Tony. I mean, they're two very good candidates for that award. But I think there's got to be a debate to be had about him not even being one of the best players the Championship has ever seen, but the best player. This season he's having, is it's got to be comparable with Terape, hasn't it? I mean, not necessarily in terms of goals and assists, but in terms of being such a talisman for their respective sides. Because everything that... Everything good that Norwich do seems
1: to go through him. Yeah, the the way he links up with with players is uh, on another level, really. I think, you know, you look at players like Terapt, the individual skill he had was just ridiculous. The dribbling ability, the ability to shoot. It was all there. Buendia has all of that. But it's just the way he links it with players. Um, I don't think there's anyone, there's no one better in the league that can that can do it at the moment. Looking back throughout the championship, there's probably no one better um, <clears throat> in the past that's that's been able to do it. And I, I think I said it um, on our debate episode when when Jacob was on. Um, he, Wendier is 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 well, he should be playing European football. It's as simple as that. And yeah. he, he I'd be surprised if he's not playing for. I think it's the Argentina national squad, isn't it? Um, He's got all the ability in the world, and he showcases it on a daily basis. He did it in the Premier League as well. It's just a shame. I say a shame. I'm I'm not sort of disappointed that he that he's still here because we we've been able to watch him this season.
0: Yeah, I suppose the worry from a Norwich perspective is if he, I mean, he's been playing this well all season, but if he keeps playing this well, then they'll struggle to keep hold of him. And uh, based on this performance, then yeah, he might very well be. Catching the eye of quite a few teams at the top of the Premier League.
1: Certainly, certainly. When when a player is as good as him, I mean, I think the only thing that's going to put pay uh, put pay to that is is the potential price tag. But these players are worth it. I think you look at Ben Rama, who was just out of this world. He was worth twenty five million. I think Brandi is better um, and, and worth more.
0: And Brandi is actually still quite young. I think he's only twenty four. So you've still got a few good few years left in him if you do fork out for him but let's get back onto Norwich and just enjoy what we saw here the football just so good to watch when it's in full flow isn't it every fan in the championship will be jealous of what Norwich fans get to see on a weekly basis especially when it's this good and of course Norwich just a win away now from confirming their promotion back to the Premier League and I don't think anyone can say it's not been deserved
1: no it, it it certainly has look we, we we're talking about in my in my opinion one of the, the better teams to, to to grace the championship you know it's pretty much the same makeup that, that that went up a couple of years ago under under Farker it's a good side they 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 they, they recruit well they they play they're, they're drilled to perfection under Daniel Farker um there was a few question marks at the sort of the first half of the season but again they reacted very well they they've they've kept going and um They they absolutely do deserve it.
0: Yep, and the conversation will be had about how we think Norwich will do in the Premier League because it's going to happen now, isn't it? That's something that we'll have to talk about over the coming weeks, Justin. Let's touch on Huddersfield because I don't think many fans would have expected a result here, but my God, they were bad. I mean, Norwich were irresistible and every team in the Championship wouldn't have been able to cope with them here. But... Huddersfield did not help themselves with some of the defending they showed here.
1: It was very passive, and passive is putting it almost politely. Um, They didn't, I don't want to say they didn't fancy it, but the closing down suggested at times some things weren't quite fancied, and the marking... Um, and the organisation just, just wasn't there. It was a really poor performance. Carlos Corbran pretty much had said after the... Uh, in way, in, in, in his post-match pressure, that it's his fault. It's not his fault. He set up his team. The players didn't go out there and perform to their max, essentially. Um, I don't I don't think you can lay a 7-0 defeat um, or lay the blame at the manager's feet for that.
0: Well, you could say the pressing style of play that Huddersfield have... It can leave them a bit exposed when you come up against a team like Norwich who are just so good at breaking the press. Because if if you close down and you don't do it very well, then you're going to get done, aren't you? But it is quite a come down after what was a good point against Brentford on Good Friday. And once again, Huddersfield are now firmly in the relegation battle. They've got Rotherham coming up next at the weekend and that is a massive massive game let's go on to one of the most bonkers results i can ever remember seeing in the championship Justin sheffield wednesday five cardiff city nil can you make any sense
1: of what was going on here well i mean we said the other week that darren moore if his if the appointment was made a while ago or when, when, when Garment was first sacked we think they'd be out of the relegation zone but this is the potential that they have um, everything seemed to go in every time they had a shot it seemed to go in they were just mm. super super efficient it was it was definitely their day and it's it's their first 5-0 league win in, in 10 years um, and only the 28th time they, they've won by that scoreline in, in the league in over 4,000 games so That's they're sad. not they're not very regular, these, these types of victories. So, yeah, definitely definitely savour it, Wednesday fans.
0: I was watching this game in just pure amazement at what was going on. And even as I sit here now, I struggle to comprehend what really happened. Th- the craziest thing is, I didn't think Cardiff were actually too bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which, yeah. It, which is interesting to say if they lost 5-0. They had a fair few chances, but Wednesday were just so clinical. And as you rightly said, every time they went forward, they looked like scoring. That second Wednesday goal, was, I mean, we, we've we seen some glorious goals this weekend, Justin, <laughs> but in terms of just pure team goal, was fantastic. Adam Reach with the pass initially, an inch-perfect pass out to Liam Palmer, who, one touch, hits in this wonderful cross straight to Callum Patterson, who volleys it first time. It's just exceptional. To think that this was a Tony Pulis team not too long ago, and now they're scoring goals like that is just remarkable and they're now six points from safety it's not been helped by most of the teams around them all winning over easter but the survival bid it's bloody on isn't it
1: the the cliche is just concentrate on yourselves and if wednesday keep doing that and teams above them keep dropping points and they've got a they've got a chance and as we've seen that that second goal you mentioned is is an absolute definition of of Darren Moore's expansive football. Um so if there's any question marks about Darren Moore then they should be eradicated just by just by that goal, the example of that goal because it was it was good and you know performances like this okay they might not be as lucky or not, not lucky but they might not, they might not be as fortunate as 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 they were in this game in terms of the amount of shots that went in. But if they keep putting themselves in those positions, keep creating those types of openings, they're going to score goals. Um, and and they definitely have the potential to put them away. Like Jordan Rogers' goal, I know I've I've always said that I get a warm feeling when he scores. But his goal, he, his goal was a very good counter attack and a very good finish. Um, so players are coming into form, which is a very good time to do that for Wednesday.
0: Very good time. And they've only got to play one of the top six in the final seven games. Which team is it? It's Swansea, who you'd love to face at the moment. More on them in a sec. And Wednesday fans have every right to feel hopeful at the moment. Their team is playing with a confidence we haven't seen. In quite some time, certainly not throughout the whole of 2020, and they're playing some really nice football. Still, a lot of work to do, but you can't help but feel optimistic. Justin, for Cardiff, it's a fairly emphatic way for your playoff push to end. Would you say that's over now?
1: I, I think so. Um, I th- you know, I think the, the killer really was the the result on on Friday. Um, that that was the that was the sucker punch, and then this was just the just to sit down on the chair pat on the back it's alright don't worry about it sort of thing um, it, it's I think I mean Mick McCarthy summed it up he, was, he, he said like the first three goals what can you do they were all superb Yeah. you can't do anything about it the free kick probably don't give the free kick away but what can you do he was sort of you know shrugging his shoulders at it but I think I think Cardiff are very much an in between stage at the moment Mick McCarthy's only been there for weeks months a couple of months um, and he, and he's very much dusting them down after the Neil Harris era where they defended very deep. I think they'll come, they'll come very good next season.
0: It's been a bad Easter for them, hasn't it? Losing mm-hmm. to Forrest on Wednesday, two teams fighting relegation, two teams you'd expect to get at <clears throat> least one win from, and that's ultimately KO'd their chance of the getting in the playoffs, hasn't it? We'll get back onto the relegation battle in just a bit. Let's go from one Welsh team who had a bad Easter to another Welsh team who had an awful Easter. Swansea losing 1-0 away at Preston. And once again, it's becoming a bit of a, you know, repeat and paste here kind of thing. Copy and paste. Copy and paste, yeah, you know what I mean. (laughs) Preston were much the better team.
1: They were, and I think the only positive you can really say about Swansea is they kept Preston at bay, which... Is a is a, is a pretty wow statement because Preston have been in dreadful form. They've won three games up until this one. They've won three games in twenty twenty one. They've not been very good at all, and um, they 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 had to keep them at bay. And I'm, I'm I'm I am exasperated by Swansea because of all the work they've done and they're undoing it by. I don't know, poor organisation and a lack of creativity. They've, they've only had six shots on target in the last four games, which I think is is a pretty damning statement. Um, you know, they haven't scored in those four games, and and that's why we're, we're potentially looking at them dropping out of the playoffs. And that's not a that's not a wow statement. Look at us. We want people to click on our sound bites. It is a potential for for Swansea. It, it is a real possibility now.
0: And nothing sums up Swansea's form right now than that Matt Grimes own goal. Right. It it hits the keeper and then it hits Matt Grimes in the face and goes in. Pretty much sums up their luck. Four straight losses. The worst thing is how bad they've been in those four losses. Haven't scored, as you quite rightly mentioned. They've only actually scored six since the start of March. So bad going forward. Defensively, they're leaking goals. And top two is looking extremely unlikely now. I'd say that's almost definitely not happening at this point. As I mentioned at the weekend, the playoffs isn't guaranteed. They've only got a four-point cushion now. Imagine if you got told that, what, two months ago? You'd be pulling your hair out. And we did briefly mention this in Saturday's episode Justin, Plenty of Swansea fans are now calling for Steve Cooper to go, which is another thing you'd have been perplexed to hear not too long ago. But the way they're playing at the moment, the way that they're looking so poor going forwards which side of the fence are you sat on? Do you think he should stay or should he go?
1: I think he should stay. I think that's a ridiculous statement. I think what he's done at Swansea is um, ridiculous. I think it's unreal. I think he's done a very good job under the circumstances. I don't think you would have fancied Swansea to be in the playoffs at the start of the season. You um, wouldn't have done it last season either. I think he's he's slowly building something. He's got a young squad. He hasn't had the tools to to bring in players. They've had to ask a lot of, Jamal Lowe and Andre Ayu, Jordan Morris on loan from the MLS. Um, Seattle Sanders he got injured very early on. Things could have been very different. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's such a daft statement to make. I think. I think Steve Cooper is the best thing to happen to them since, I don't know, Michael Laudrup's first season. It's yeah, he's a very very good coach.
0: It's interesting you say that because plenty of Swansea fans um, were singing. Steve Cooper's praises earlier in the season but it's everything just seems to have gone wrong recently it's hard to put your finger on what has gone wrong it makes me wonder if something's happened behind the scenes but I feel like a good coach would still be able to get a tune out of the players that are here Preston we'll give a quick word to them they're playing superbly, once again, 100% deserve the three points here. And Frankie McAvoy, he's done a right in caretaker care, take charge so far, hasn't he? A point against top and then three points against fourth. Not too bad, is it?
1: It's been a very good Easter weekend for for Preston. And then Frankie McAvoy is the most Scottish-sounding name, I think, you could possibly get. The performances under Alex Neil were poor. And obviously, I think a, a fresh pair of eyes. I say a fresh pair of eyes because it was coaching staff under Alex Neil, but it, it does help. And Their performances against the top two teams, although they, they were quite fortunate against Norwich, but this this was a, a, a game they deserved to win. and It's something to build on. Hopefully, they, they they bring in the right man, whether it's Frankie McAvoy or not, I don't know.
0: He's given a bloody good audition, isn't he, so far? Bradford nil, Birmingham nil. A very tight game. I think a 0-0 was a fair result, and it is a huge point for Birmingham and Lee Bowyer.
1: It is, and whatever the whatever it is, they, they seem to single handedly kill Brentford's spirit every time they play them. It yeah. is such a strange occurrence, um, and it, and it was a game that they needed to win Brentford, um, and, and Birmingham stood up stood up strong. It's it's four points for them over the weekend. Beat Swansea, drew drew here against Brentford. You know, we were looking at them at this horror run of games that they've got, and they've come out you know very tidily they you know lebo is putting some building blocks for Birmingham city and the new ban- new manager balance that they i think they are going through at the moment is is doing them good it's really good timing and um yeah it's it's an impressive run of games for Birmingham city and starting to claw the way away from the relegation zone
0: out of the teams in the relegation zone you'd say relegation battle i should say Birmingham are probably the team you'd least want to face I'd say just because of how good they're looking under Lee Bowyer he's got them playing decent football and they've managed to pick up results in just about the all of the last four games which have been against teams fighting to go up this season it's mm-hmm. quite remarkable how he's managed to pull this off but they've got Stoke coming up this weekend you'd be looking and saying you could get three points from that game and if they get that then who knows where they could be they could be looking up rather than down, couldn't they? Um, Brentford, four straight draws, and they've been against Derby Forest, Huddersfield, and now Birmingham. Four teams have all been fighting to stay up this season. And you'd say, if they're not winning any of those games, then they don't deserve to go up, do they?
1: I don't know. I always think that the, those sorts of games are so difficult because those those teams that you mentioned, they're fighting for their lives. They're trying to stay in the league, and um, they're, they're coming up against stubborn teams, they don't want to concede and they'll do anything they can to, to get a goal against you. And um that's that's pretty much what we've seen over the four games. On paper you say they should be walking it. And and they should, they quite rightly should with the, the quality that they've got in the squad, but it hasn't happened for them. And as I said, you know, games like this, when they come up against stubborn teams has been the downfall this season.
0: I suppose the redeeming factor for Brentford fans, still hoping they can get in the top two of this season, is that Watford have still got to play the rest of the top four, including Brentford. So things could swing, but Brentford are letting themselves down when it comes to results like they've had over the past four games. Um, Final point, some of the sons of the Brentford players were ball boys at this game, which is quite nice, isn't it?
1: How old do you have to be to be a ball boy?
0: Mm, I would say being able to walk would help.
1: At least
0: three. Yeah. I imagine they must have been older than three.
1: Well so. there's quite a young Brentford squad, so that's why I'm saying how old you have to be to be a ball boy because you know they're not they're not, not they're not on aging squad by any means. So having having children who are capable of retrieving a ball I don't know. I'm just I'm criticising ball boys' jobs now.
0: They should be doing better really, shouldn't they? Should they should be doing better. And there was a gigantic game right at the bottom of the championship between Rotherham and Wickham. It finished 3-0 to Gareth Ainsworth's boys. Very weird game. It was a very open game, but weird in the way that despite it finishing 3-0 to Wickham, Rotherham were probably the better team. They just did not have their shooting boots on here.
1: Yeah, you're looking at this and you're thinking the scoreline probably should have been the other way around. Um but if it wasn't if it wasn't for David Stockdale, for example, he was he was ridiculous. What for I think I think when the game was one nil, Jack Grimm made a game saving interception. Yeah. Every just everything just seemed to fall rightly and perfectly for Wickham and it's a sort of look you need when you're on this sort of run that they they're putting together and potentially escaping the relegation zone.
0: Well it's a huge result for Wickham, isn't it? Both managers admitted that it was a big game. And it leaves them both in interesting positions. Wickham are still rooted to the bottom of the table. But they've given themselves a chance, albeit a slim one.
1: Are you convinced, Ryan?
0: Well, Gareth Ainsworth even admitted after the game, they've got to win every game to have any chance of staying up this season. I mean, recent form has been impressive. They've managed to get seven points from a possible three. uh, Possible nine, sorry. Um... But uh, I think it's still very, very slim that Wickham will stay up this season. But they've given themselves a decent showing at the final
1: hurdle. This is this is what I said. I think I said if they can get to the last couple of games and, and make the teams above them sweat, I think it'll be a successful season. Considering where they were, now they were rock bottom. You you questioned whether or not they'd win a game all season. Um, mm. This is how bad they were at one point, and they've they've picked themselves up and. So much credit needs to go their way. Um, they've got some good players and I think if if they had more time to prepare, if they had fans in the ground, I think it could have been a different story this season. But, you know, it's all ifs, buts and maybes, isn't it?
0: Well, at the moment, they're nine points from safety. And when you consider that there's 18 points left to play for, it's a big old ask. But... One redeeming factor for Gareth Ainsworth is that there's quite a few teams who are around the 42-43 point mark. So if one of them fails to win all of their games for the rest of the season, then who knows? You never know. But at the same time, Sheffield Wednesday are picking up and a couple of the other teams are picking up who are in that 42-43 point mark region. So there's also a few things going against Wickham, mainly the points total. <laughs> For Rotherham, it is massively worrying, this result. And we keep going on about their crazy fixture schedule, but these two first games were the ones where they were going to be as fresh as
1: all the other teams, and they've lost both of them. They have. I'm not I, I'm not going to be overly crit- critical of Rotherham. This was one of them days where... You know, things didn't, just didn't go their way. If they did, they'd have won three, four nil themselves. Um, you know, they, they did well tacking down the wings. They created a lot of chances. They, they were impressive, and it's something they can build on going into the next game. And they will take points off teams between now and the end of the season. They've got thirty points left to play for. They've got ten games left. It's not they're not down and out by any means because because of the games in hand. And it's something we'll keep saying until they catch up with everybody else. But I don't think you can rule this this Rotherham team out. But if Momentum had to start, it had to start this weekend, and it, it it didn't.
0: If there's one thing I've learned over the past few weeks, you're never going to rule out this Rotherham team until no. it's mathematically exactly. impossible for them to stay up. Out of the teams in the relegation battle, they've been the big losers over the Easter weekend, haven't they? All the yeah. teams between 19th and 24th, 24th have at least won one game over that period, except for Rotherham. And this game was one where they should have taken something from it, and they didn't. Huddersfield this Saturday, must win game for both teams, for Rotherham even more so. Justin, let's carry on talking about the relegation battle, but let's have a quick break. After that, we'll we'll carry on talking about the relegation battle and also some of the teams still fighting for the playoffs. I tell you what, there's nothing I love more than a classic football shirt. I've got loads of them. A Juventus shirt, Marseille shirt, even an Antalya Sport shirt. One of the reasons I've got so many is because I can get them for a great price from ClassicFootballShirts.co.uk. They've got shirts for teams from all over the globe and that, of course, includes championship clubs. So if you wanted a classic Wednesday shirt, Reading shirt or Barnsley shirt, whoever you support, they'll have something for your club. It's not just shirts either. They've also got tracksuits, baseball caps, socks, so much stuff. Have a look for yourself. Go to ClassicFootballShirts.co.uk right now. Welcome back to the Second Podcast. There was another big result in the relegation battle. Coventry 3, Bristol City 1. I watched this game, Justin, and I came out a bit angry at Coventry because this is a perfect example of what they can do. When they win, they look like such a stylish team, but it just doesn't happen enough. Hence why they are where they are. But let's stay positive. What a performance from Coventry this was.
1: It it really was. It it was mentioned that it was Matt Godden and Tyler Walker's first start together this season again it's the potential that they've got they had together they had eight of the 15 shots Coventry had and it's the potential they've got going forward they've got so much creativity they're always going to create chances they will leak goals because of how they play but yeah it it was it was a great performance from Coventry City and, and one considering how badly they played on Friday um on Good Friday it was it was it was needed and um a bit, as I say, a bit of a surprise because of how badly they they were or how poor they were um, at the start of the weekend. So yeah, it was it was a massive game, a massive result, and a really good performance and a, an absolute showcase of what can, what they can do.
0: It was a massive contrast as well, yeah, <laughs> because they were so so bad on Good Friday, and for them to come here and turn over Bristol City quite comfortably is remarkable. Calum O'Hare had a great game on his day. Aren't many players in the Championship who are more exciting to watch than he is. It's actually scary to think where they would have been had they not won this game. They would have been just four points ahead of Rotherham, who obviously have the games in hands. So it goes without me saying, this is a massive win. The key to them staying up is just playing like this more often. It's a simple thing, but they're not consistent enough. And they have a habit of rolling over for teams too often.
1: They, they, you, you're quite right, and as well as that, it's their away form. They've got the worst away uh, away record in the in the division. It's their home their home form at, at St Andrews, which is just unreal. They've only lost I think five or six games in their whole tenure at Coventry City over the last two seasons. So that tells you exactly how prudent they are at at, at home, how good they are at home. And um, yeah, if if they can put some of that performance level into their away games, they'd be a lot more comfortable than they are. But you know, it's big results from now until the end of the season for them.
0: Yeah, they're still right in the thick of it. They've got Bournemouth up next, a game where they'll be hoping to just get anything from it. And then in a week's time, they've got Rotherham, which is a gigantic game. Bristol City's third straight loss. Since the 30th of January, they've lost 12 out of 16 games in all competitions. Not going the, too well.
1: The new manager bounce, not quite... Not quite coming in there. Not quite it's, working.
0: It's more of a new manager splat at this point, mm. isn't it? It's they, they sprayed a couple of points all over the place, but apart from that, they're <laughs> just kind of just lying on the pavement at this point.
1: Yeah, and I, I think I, I think half the issue is not having a manager tied up for next season. Obviously, Pearson's deal only runs until the end of the season. So, if, from from my perspective, I think Bristol City players are thinking, "I'm not playing for anyone next season." So. You know, no one's getting my arse into gear. I've got nothing to prove to anyone right now. I think if they give Pearson the job, you know, another year next season, I think you'll see a completely different type of performance from those players because, as I say, they're playing like they don't give a shit.
0: Would you really give Pearson the job based on how he's done so far, though? That's another debate for another time. Mm. We've really got to move on. Reading got their first win in five by beating Derby 3 1. A good, solid, and much needed win. For Reading, there was a moment in the first half where Derby had a bit of a goal-mouth scramble. If they scored that, then it could have been a very different game. Two wonderful goals, though. Tom Lawrence's power driver from 30 yards out. Absolutely wonderful. We all know what he's capable of, and that was a perfect example of what he can do with that right foot. Michael Elise's goal, also brilliant. A few comparisons to Ronaldinho. I didn't particularly get that, though.
1: You see, I I'm struggling to work out how Elise scored his goal, and I because I don't see the ball floating to the top corner. I just think he's drilled that along the ground, and then suddenly you just see the top of the net bulge. I, it deceived my eyes. I definitely need to watch it with my glasses on because I cannot. I still cannot work it out.
0: It was a beautiful goal. It's got to be said. And uh, David Marshall just stood there like, "Yep, can't do much about that." The celebration for the goal was interesting. He's knelt down and done a kind of sign-the-paper kind of gesture towards the cameras. Uh, Paunovic, after the game, said he didn't want to discuss what it meant, which is all very mysterious. Is that the sign of he wants a new contract, or whether it's a sign to clubs to sign him up? What do you think?
1: Oh, I think you look into things too much. I think he was just, perhaps he was writing a poem. Why don't we consider these things? Like his like football, it's poetry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Michael Alise the master of the sonnet
1: <laughs> you heard it here first
0: uh, well, I don't even know where to go from that um, Lucas Xiao didn't start but he came off the bench to get just his second goal in 10 games could be a massive confidence booster for one of the strikers who is lowest on confidence in the championship at the moment
1: you know, after that, after that miss, that miss against Barnsley, I think yeah. that that goal, that scrappy tap in um, against Derby, will do him the world a good. Um, he, look, he still created chances against Barnsley. He still got. He's still very good with the ball at his feet. Um, he just needs to get put the ball in the back then, that, because his his dual form in front of goal coincided with Reading's draws. It's as simple as that. When he scores, Reading Reading win, um, which is what you asked for with your number nine.
0: Yeah. They've got Watford away next, which is a massive game, but it is a tricky game. If they get anything from that, they'll be more than happy, I think. Derby, I don't think many fans were expected too much from this game, were they?
1: I, I, I hate that saying because Derby are in a relegation scrap. They need every single point they can get. Um, and what they got here was a at times a characterless performance. It's, it's a team bereft of experience and, and quality and you're wanting the season to end, but you just know you've got six more games of terrible football and not knowing where you're going to be next season. That's, that's where they're at at the moment.
0: And still very much in the thick of it in the relegation battle. Looking a bit rosier by the fact that they've got one more point than some of the teams below them, but still a lot of work to do. Barnsley beat Luton 2-1, a scoreline which doesn't necessarily tell the whole story because Barnsley were absolutely quality here. It was a very comfortable win.
1: Yeah, they were, they were rampant and um, it's it's what we've come to expect sometimes with Barnsley is the amount of chances they do create. The The, the game against Reading on, on Friday was such a good game. They, they didn't create as many but they seemed to make up for it in this game um, against Luton and their away form this season is something that has catapulted them up the table. They've, they've won 10 away games this season. Only Norwich have won more. They've got six away wins in the row which is I think is a club record. Just give... Ishmael the key to Barnsley. He needs the freedom of the town because what he's trans- how he's transformed the team with barely any training time is just unreal.
0: One of those players who is relishing life under Ishmael is Davil DK, who got two. Even missed a penalty, um, which would have meant he would have got a hat trick, but he was just unplayable here. Only Tim Ipuki has scored more goals in the championship since DK joined I don't think there are too many strikers who you would want to face less at the moment as a defender because not only is he deadly in front of goal if you go anywhere near him he's going to send you flying.
1: He's well, The, the, the cliche is built like a brick shit house. he absolutely is and he's got the pace for, for a man of his size you don't realise, he's got a sledgehammer over right foot he's composed in front of goal, he's good with the ball at his feet it's just the whole package for a number nine you absolutely can't help but absolutely adore him he's 20 years old as well which is just madness
0: frightening yeah. it's frightening um if barnsley don't sign him in the, in the uh summer i know they've got some sort of um, <laughs> well there, there's a fee that's been agreed <laughs> allegedly but what that fee is has had very mixed reports it's gone from 2 million to 17 million in various different outlets um but if barnsley don't decide to get him then would even a Premier League side maybe be looking to get him?
1: Well, apparently there scouts at the game. I don't know who they, they might have been watching, but Daryl DK is surely on that list because if 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 Orlando, I mean, he's at an MLS club, so it'd be pretty easy for a European team to prize him away. You'd thought I think Barnsley are going to be maybe at the bottom of the list if they don't go up, um, which is a shame because I want to see a Daryl DK full season in the Championship, which we might not get
0: or Premier League. Or Premier League, Justin. That's still very much a possibility, of course. The thing is with the scouts is that if Barnsley weren't to go up, then you do fear that a couple of their assets might be prized away because they've got some unbelievable talents there which have been picked up for, quite frankly, nothing, have they? So that's the big issue. But they're looking all right in the playoff race at the moment, aren't they? They had to win this game because of all the teams around them also winning. Um I suppose, as we keep saying, they're only a point of Swansea at the moment, which is, again, frightening for Swansea fans. But they'll be uh, holding on to that playoff place for as long as they can. Another crazy thing to think of, Justin, is this time last year, both these teams, Barnsley and Luton, were staring down the the babble of relegation. Now, one of them looks set to be in the playoffs and the other one has a good chance of finishing top half. It's just amazing, really. Uh, But, yeah, playoffs looking right for Barnsley.
1: I think so. I think so. I think the performances that we're seeing from them, even against Reading, and um, the way they pinned Reading back on Friday was, was it was it was it was such an interesting interesting watch. Um, and in the game against Luton, Luton away is, is a difficult game. They're very good at home, Luton, and and they do pick up results and they do create chances. Um, and yeah, I think that that they're, they're nailed on, but it's looking likely that they are going to finish in the top six.
0: Absolutely. At Ewood Park, Bournemouth continued their push for the playoffs by beating Blackburn 2-0. Phil Billing and Arnott Danjima with the goals. Billing's having an unreal season, isn't he? He's now scored as many goals this season as he has done in his whole career prior to this campaign. He has been playing further forward recently, hasn't he? And it seems to be working wonders, which is weird because up until this point, he was kind of a holding midfielder, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, they've got quite a few sort of holding midfield type players, don't they? They've got Jefferson Lerma, Lewis Cook is a deep lying playmaker. Ben Pearson's gone there, and also you've got Philip Billing. So, and letting the shackles off of players like Billing is is a, is a good opportunity to showcase what they can do going forwards. And he's he's definitely showing it. And he, he has got a really good left foot. I remember some of the strikes he scored for Huddersfield. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, potential in that left foot, and I think we're starting to see it now. And he's I think that. The more interesting thing is, is the timing of his runs into the box. He's timed him very well and he's getting on the, uh, on the, end, of, on the end of half chances.
0: Absolutely. Dan Danjuma's goal, fantastic. The nutmeg, cheeky nutmeg before that. And then the finish was just superb. Bournemouth looking really good right now. I mean, the playoff race is just so fascinating because you've got Barnsley, Reading and Bournemouth who are all going so well. And all of them are looking like they're going to be heading into the playoffs in brilliant form.
1: Yeah, we're looking at Bournemouth here, and we're saying just the, the timing of the players coming into form is, is massive. Dan Juma coming back from injury, and his performances have been great. Bournemouth have started to create more chances. They've started to defend much better, defend certain situations much better, and they're hitting they're hitting the spot at the perfect time. And then you, the contrasting team is Swansea, and they're dipping at the wrong time. Um, it is. It is opening things up, and it does. It does ask. It does make you ask more questions. Whether or not Bournemouth are better equipped in this in this playoff race, when the season ends, we'll see. But they have got the quality to do it, and they they should do it really with the, the players that they do have. Mm.
0: Blackburn are a lot closer to the relegation zone than I realised, Justin. Only four points out of Birmingham in twenty-first. Are they sleepwalking into a relegation battle? I mean. They had that shocking losing run in March and then it looked like they turned the corner with a couple of decent results, but they're still not winning. In fact, they've only got one win in 14. So, yeah, are they sleepwalking into a relegation battle?
1: I mean, if, if they don't win the next three games and the team's below them pick up points, then potentially, you know, I think they'll be looking nervously at Rotherham losing over the next couple of couple of games just to make sure that they're they're. Points potential drops significantly, but you know it's a typical performance for Blackburn in 2021. It was it was lacklustre, it was wasteful, poor defending for the goals, and Adam Armstrong underwhelming severely. It's it's just a typical Blackburn performance this year, and it's been far too predictable for me.
0: It has, in hindsight, been a shocking season as a whole, hasn't it? Especially after the way they started the season. The fact that we look at them now and they're sat 17th is really Really disappointing because we, I was expecting plenty more from Blackburn, but everything just seems to have gone completely wrong recently. And I mean, a 17th place finish now would be a massive disappointment. The way they're going, they look like they could very easily finish lower than that, so yeah, something has clearly gone very wrong. Um, Middlesbrough and Watford they drew one all, not a classic game by any means. I think Watford will be happy with the point considering Brentford and Swansea both fell to win.
1: Yeah. And Boris Spur really picked up. They, 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 but they're an interesting team to come against. I mean, I remember watching the the game against Norwich for Borough, and they they man marked, and it was they almost suffocated Norwich at times, and they did they did the same against Watford here. Um, I think you just look at Watford and I think the last two performances probably haven't been as good enough as they as they should be, and they'll take that going into the next few games as they as they really they do they do have to step up against the teams that they're playing against um, over the next few weeks. So, yeah, I think Watford will look at it as a as a point gained given the, the balance of the game and how it turned out. Yeah,
0: I've got some difficult games, as you say. Still got to play the rest of the top four. So if they manage to come through them, then promotion is surely on the cards. At the city ground, Forest one three one one over QPR. Bit of a surprising result, considering the form of Rangers, although QPR have a famously terrible record at the city grounds. It's a really good performance from Forrest, wasn't it? Lewis Grabbin with a goal outside the box. That doesn't happen very often. No. Uh, James Garner's goal. Did he mean that?
1: Um, I mean, he had a free kick shortly before it, didn't he? Um, and I think the wind helped the ball in as well. So I think there was a bit of a... I'll put it in that area, see what happens.
0: Yeah, I'll 100% accept that. Forrest... Looking surely safe now. They're 13 points ahead of Rotherham, of course. That is with the caveat of games in hands. But looking fairly comfortable now. And you'd be very surprised if Forest do end up going down this season now. Finally, the Gary Rowett derby. Stoke 1, Millwall 2. Um, I was looking at Millwall and their position in the table. They've actually had quite a good season, haven't they? I mean, they're now level on points with Cardiff. Ninth in the table... It's not too bad, really. I know we were expecting, well, we were thinking Millwall could get into the playoffs this season, but ninth, it's not too bad, really, is it?
1: It's a, it's a great season, but this this is what Millwall did last season. They they sucked us both in. They 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 gave us all the all the everything they needed to be a playoff team for a playoff pr- pushing team next season, and they, and they didn't really do that this season, did they? Um, and yeah, they they just they just they just suck you in with with that sort of success. That they could potentially go. but it has been a good, a uh, good season for for Millwall on the on the whole. Because it, at one time it looked like they were being sucked into the the bottom six, um, so them finishing ninth and the run of form probably since mid Feb has been has been really good. I think Mason Bennett deserves a bit of praise as well. He's got four four goals in his last eight games, which isn't a bad return for a player who's got his injury record and probably isn't their first choice striker.
0: Yeah, Gary Roberts doing a good job into doing a very good job. He's yeah. Brought together this squad, not much money's been spent on it. And here they are, sitting ninth in the table. Could very well finish higher than that over the the next couple of weeks. They're in great form at the moment. So well done, Gary Rowett. Justin, let's finish off with a bit of news. Yeah, only a couple of bits here to go through, Justin. The first one is just, uh, I don't even know what to say about it. Ten championship clubs have reportedly been given transfer embargoes after failing to file their club accounts on time. Now, this is because the government have given companies an extra three months to file their accounts, but the EFL apparently hasn't recognised that extension. Having said that, it's thought all the clubs will have the embargo lifted when they do file their accounts. And if you haven't noticed, there's not a transfer window at the moment. So what's the point?
1: It's typical EFL, isn't it? It's like that in betweeners meme. Like, Why do you that for? Funny. You know, they just <laughs> they just they shoot themselves in the foot. They there that, that was that while ago, wasn't it, where they're advertising for the PR job? I don't think they've hired anybody in it yet, have they? Because the PR response to it, this this issue that they've created for themselves, is has not been good.
0: Well, this. Isn't a particularly good look for the EFL in many ways, is it? Firstly, because of what we've just said, they're given they haven't followed the government extension to teams to file their accounts, and it also doesn't look good because when you've got ten teams under transfer embargoes in your league, that's not a good thing. That's not a good look for the EFL, is it? So, no. yeah, it's it's all a bit of a farce, really. So. Some clubs have released statements saying they're not in financial meltdown as was reported in one media outlet. Um, (laughs) And I I don't think that's particularly the case at many, well, any clubs really. Um, Final bit of news, Sonny and Bupinder Gill will become the first South Asian brothers to be appointed on the same officiating team for an EFL game. One will be the linesman and the other the fourth official for the Bristol City and Forest match on Saturday. That's nice, isn't it, Justin?
1: It is, but I. Just, I think if I did that with my brother, I'd argue somehow.
0: <laughs> so fair I, play to them. I've known you and your brother for quite some time, and you will one hundred percent argue. He'll call you a tit, <laughs> and then <laughs> you'll blow up from there, won't it? It was just... yeah. <laughs> Standard peach family. Um, <laughs> All right. Wow. <laughs> well i think that's about it for us justin thank you for listening to the second tier wherever you are in the world we'll be back to our usual schedule when we release an episode on sunday um and yeah that's pretty much it for us here on the second tier podcast i've been ryan dilks
1: i've been justin peach
0: thank you for listening